0: This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage process into the 21st century with a fast, easy, and completely online process. Check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com. It's Tuesday, November 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, investor at large, Tim Hansen. I love that title. Thank you. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. I'm happy you're here for a couple of reasons, one of which is the news fairy showed up And you were the first person I thought of. We'll get to that in a second. We're going to try. We're also going to try and figure out what in God's name is happening with Under Armour, the stock, the A shares versus the C shares, and we'll dip into the full mailbag. Um, Our first story: The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Amazon is actively exploring live sports programming. And the reason you were the first person I thought of when I saw this story is because I think you were the first person. And this was years ago. this might have been 2011, 2012 uh, on this podcast. You were the first person I remember raising the prospect not of Amazon getting into live sports programming, but Apple, just with Apple's uh, with the cash they had on hand and I remember you saying, I think it was you know it would be interesting and not very expensive on a relative basis. For Apple, to go to one of the big college conferences, go to the Big East, the ACC, the Big Ten, whatever, and say, we would like your programming for football, for basketball, for the Big East basketball tournament, whatever. And the only way people can watch it is through iTunes. Um, I did say that. You did say that. I think
1: I think I proposed at one point that at some time in the future, a tech company will own the rights to the Super Bowl.
0: Um, you appear to be What we like to call directionally correct. Directionally correct. (laughs) Um, Amazon has. uh, I I mean, this is not speculation. This is hard reporting that they have held talks with Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Soccer, and are even looking to you know smaller uh, rights because those those
1: were the article said they were also looking at professional surfing.
0: Yes, well, because the the rights which is awesome, which but is,
1: not doesn't draw the same viewers as it some did, of those others.
0: It does not, but it certainly would enable them to test how they are at live sports programming. Since you know, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, those rights are sewn up and and will be mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. So this is so. First of all, get ready for get ready for one hell of a bidding war when these rights come up in what twenty. 19 2020 2022 you know pick your league um
1: what was your reaction when you saw this story i think it makes sense and the reason i think it makes sense is um is is for two reasons on the first reason proprietary content is valuable i mean we you know that's been netflix having it has been one reason for netflix's recent success um it content matters and there's no more proprietary content than live sports now it's expensive and the lifetime value isn't huge because people aren't going back and watching a lot of old games i mean some people do but it's not a huge it's not a huge audience but to the extent you can deliver something that you can't get anywhere else you know you tack on the super bowl to your prime membership i mean the prime membership just got a lot more <laughs> valuable yeah. right um, now, you got to watch out what you pay and make sure the economics make sense. But for Amazon, you know, you've got a lot of loyal customers that you could cross sell that, that into. They've already had pricing power with Prime. I think it makes a lot of sense. The, the second reason I think it makes sense is that there is no framework more set up for disruption than the cable television. You have to have 215 channels when you only watch three of them. I mean, I, I, you know, this was there. There are two, there are three political issues where I am like always on board, no matter who's supporting them. One, privatization of liquor stores. <laughs> two, term limits. And three, a la carte cable, which I think was a John McCain thing going that back was 15 a, years. Or oh, something yeah. Like that. 20 years ago, John McCain was, that was a big issue for him. Man, a la second. carte cable. Um, only subscribe to the channels you like. You don't get to, you know, you don't have to pay up to get oxygen or whatever they try to. Crammed down your throat. These days, it just makes a lot of sense, you know. Were I to be able to get Premier League soccer, Georgetown basketball, and um, I don't know, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl (laughs) on Amazon Prime. I'm now, you know, think about what I pay in, in for my cable bill. I'd gladly move that over to Amazon and get all the other ancillary benefits as well. So I think it's really interesting that they're looking at it. Jeff Bezos has a reputation for playing the long game. I suspect they've done a lot of work studying the economics of it, and were the price to be right on some of this stuff, I, wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see them dive in and, and make it a proprietary part of their package.
0: Now, you're not old enough to remember this, but I am. I, the, the, <laughs> the, early day, the very early days of ESPN, when ESPN was a startup network and did not have you know, any of the, the, the big league sports that it has now, and so what you saw... On ESPN during the day, you saw Australian rules Mm -hmm. football. You you know you saw uh, speedboat events, uh, probably surfing too. So um, I I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go first because apparently they're talking to uh, Amazon is talking to other networks that have rights but just aren't broadcasting the game. So you know Russian hockey league games could. Mm-hmm. I, um, because they're so good at targeting stuff um, to their customer base, I think it'll be. I'm I'm very curious to see w- where they go with this.
1: Oh yeah, the long tail. You know, I mean, there there are sporting events happening around the world where I am uniquely interested to see what happens. I mean, for example, it, I, I believe that on my cable package the other day, the only way to watch the U.S. Costa Rica soccer match, which you didn't really want to watch because the U.S. got thrashed, and Ended up having their coach fired the other I was day. Say, it didn't work out well um, for the coach. You had to watch it in Spanish. On, I think it was on Univision or like Univision Two, which is kind of strange, right? But um, the bright side of that was that my Spanish comprehension skills haven't gotten that dusty, so I was pleased. Nice. Um, but would have been nice to watch it potentially in English. Uh, and and you know, to the extent somebody wanted to cede that right to Amazon and let them just stream it. Over the top, I, you know. There's a market. There's definitely a market.
0: See, it's interesting. I, I, depending on the sports announcers, depending on who's calling a particular game, I'd go the other direction. Yeah, because there, there <laughs> there's, there's some play-by-play and and color commentators who are really great. That's fair. And they enhance the viewing experience. There are others who are terrible, and it would just be more enjoyable for me if it was in a different language.
1: By the way, this is off-topic, but if you're if you're watching the Maui Invitational, Bill Walton has been. Something special this week. I don't know what's in the water out there in Hawaii. Oh, okay. The, he- the great exchange from last night. Some kid from Oregon was playing. His name maybe was like Peyton Price. I'm getting this wrong, but um, he made a shot. and Bill Wallen goes, "This is the greatest, greatest game I've ever seen Peyton Price play." And the the, color, or the other guy goes, "Bill, it's the first time you've ever seen him play." And Bill goes, "Those are both true statements." <laughs> it's been it's been epic.
0: Yeah. See, he's won. I, that enhances the experience uh-huh. for me. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not looking for someone in Spanish there. Yeah, plenty of others, though. Um, as I alluded to, uh, and we've we've gotten email about this. We've gotten comments on Twitter in our Facebook group. Which, by the way. Motley Fool Podcast is a group you can join. Um, I've uh, heard of this Facebook thing. Yeah. It's so you know, please, if you're on the Facebook, join Motley Fool Podcast. Um, I think that's where it was first raised um, by one of our list, uh, listeners, Sam Bailey. And it's basically this uh, we were talking about this right before we started taping. Under Armour um, spins off a, a, a class of stock so that you can buy the ticker symbol is UA, and then the the new shares, the C shares, are UA and then the hyphen C and there is a spread between the price of those two which is not unusual if you look at google shares or alphabet shares that trade under goog and googl there is a spread there it's about 1%. Yep. The reason we're getting all these comments and questions from listeners is because the spread right now for <laughs> for under armour shares is 20 24%. It's remarkable. It is you have the ua shares trading at just about 31. Yep. And the UAC shares trading at around eh, just under twenty four. yes. Why is this happening? Or I why, don't know why, <laughs> why do we why okay, why do we think this is happening? it's
1: it's wild. um
0: because as we talked about before, and you you basically said, this isn't just one odd thing. There are a bunch of weird things. there are a lot of in-
1: weird things. I mean, right now you would you would have to be brain dead to buy UA shares instead of buying UAC shares. Um, and yet, hundreds of thousands of more UA shares are being bought every day than UAC shares.
0: And the only difference appears to be the, the voting rights. The voting right right. <clears throat> now, so If you buy the C shares, you don't have voting rights. Right.
1: Now, what's interesting is, historically, there's been some academic work done studying discrepancies and share prices between share classes that have economically identical rights, and these share classes have economically identical rights. Um, generally speaking, it's the case that the, the shares with the superior voting rights tend to trade at a discount, and the reason that is is because um, people who own shares with an interest in voting, um, the story goes, are more long-term oriented, and therefore their shares, they're less likely to buy and sell. And therefore their shares um, are less liquid than even non-voting shares. And the market values liquidity at a higher premium than it does illiquidity. What's quirky here is that it's the voting shares that are right now more liquid and higher valued. So that's interesting. Um, you can you could make the argument that there's a there's a value to being able to vote. Um, in this case, I think that's not true because there's also a UAB class of shares that's held entirely by Kevin Plank himself. He controls the company. There's no reason really for anybody else to have a right. There's no value in voting. So, it it's obvious that they they certainly don't have a 20 percent greater value than the than the UAC shares. Um, Also interesting is that when the, the shares split and the UAC shares were issued, short interest in the UA shares doubled, roughly, indicating that there are a lot of investors out there who are trying to arbitrage the difference, which is to say they're short the UA shares long the UAC shares in the hopes that that they're going to make riskless money as the prices converge. And yet, the prices have diverged more and more over time, making this a very odd trade to be in. Um, And so, I think what what we're left with is the last part of the theory about why these divergences happen in different share classes is that one share class is incorporating information faster than another. Now, what that means is that when an event happens, one share trades more rapidly than the other one and so its price moves at a greater magnitude. Uh, since these shares were issued Under Armour has had one very adverse earnings report and if you look at what happened on that day the C shares dropped by a greater degree than the A shares. This is just speculation but why might that be so? It might be that everybody got a C share for the A share they owned as the shares as the as the price declined and they said I want to cut my exposure to Under Armour which share Should I sell these? Let's say they're long term shareholders. Like, well, let me punt the one that um, doesn't have the voting right, It's, it's less valuable to me for whatever reason. And so that one fell by a greater magnitude, and then that divergence just hasn't been made up yet. And you would expect that it would happen the next time there were a positive earnings announcement. If this is true, the C shares should incorporate the information faster. And given the huge discrepancy, like I said, you'd have to be brain dead. To buy the A's instead of the C's at this point, if new investors show up to buy shares of Under Armour, they should universally pile into the C shares, and that should theoretically drive the prices back together. But who knows? It's very odd. I, you know, <laughs> I, I know our colleague Bill Mann has some ideas that it's you know ETFs or sort of uh, you know computer or rules-based investing that's that's um, or passive investing that's caused some of this. But at some, I mean, at some point, the demand should be so much more significant for the C shares that generally speaking the gap should, show, should close because of that and historically um these gaps don't close because people are arbing both sides it's just cuz eventually such a greater critical mass of people show up to buy the cheaper share that it drives the prices back together
0: yeah i mean as and this is this is not something that has gotten a, a ton of media coverage i i have to believe at some point in the <laughs> in the near future some big fund, some big institution is just going to say, "Well, this is nuts." Like well, this like you know from, any what?
1: any institution should ostensibly depending on what their tax situation is, shoot at the first chance they get right now, sell all of their A shares and buy the C shares because you're immediately going to own 20% more of the company. Right. <laughs> and so it's it's like a no-brainer to be like, "I can increase my position size by 20%." without spending any money. I mean if you're if you're a big holder of I mean individuals should be looking to do this you should and that that idea of dumping the one to buy the other should cause the prices to go back together as well. But people are for some reason sitting on the on the A shares when they should be selling them and maybe it's because the stock has been up so much that people don't want to realize a tax bill.
0: I think I know what my next investment trade is going to be. But you know, because of our disclosure rules, <laughs> it, it won't be until next week sometime. Um, before we dip into the mailbag, I gotta say a word about Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. If you've ever bought a home, you know, you know, you know. I know.
1: You know I never got I, I I complained about the home buying process the last time I was on here. I think to the to the to be supportive of what the good people at Rocket Mortgage are trying to do. I didn't even get a hat or anything. Nothing
0: really? Nothing. I'll see if we can work on that for <laughs> you. Get you a
1: little RM hat.
0: Um <laughs> But you know, you know what it's like, Uh, you know how time-consuming, how frustrating getting a mortgage can be. And Rocket Mortgage brings that whole process into the 21st century by taking all of the complicated time-consuming parts out of the equation. They make it easy to share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button. You can get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your own financial situation, and you can do it all on your phone or tablet. Yeah, when I did my mortgage, yeah, not on my phone or tablet. Definitely not. So if you're one of those people who's looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com. Fool, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Foolery at Fool.com is our email address from Jeff Leith in Richmond, Virginia. I was looking at Markel on Monday and watching it climb. When I checked this morning, I saw it gave up all of yesterday's gains and then some for about five minutes before bouncing back. What would make a stock do this? Was it the same person or institution selling and buying in the same after hours market? The after hours market can be an odd and mysterious place.
1: This is Jeff from yep. Jeff. What Jeff saw was, was, was called what's called a gap. And gap gap trading is what happens when um, a stock jumps. Immediately from one price to another, and it's indicated by basically a straight line.:
0: And in this case, it was a steady climb up through the day, and then after hours, a straight drop down.
1: Right. So one thing that can cause, cause gaps is n- new news. So things will gap up on positive or negative earnings, right? All of a sudden, demand coalesces around a significantly different price point because it's incorporated positive or negative earnings, for example. What can also cause gaps is that is illiquidity. So the after-hours market is notoriously illiquid. Markel itself is kind of illiquid because it's a very high-priced stock, it doesn't trade a lot every day, um, and so what you can have happen are um, there. You know, you can people may know you can set different types of orders when you buy or sell a stock, right? You can set a market order, which is just sell it at whatever the price is. You can set a limit order, which is you name your price. You can set um, you know all or none, fill or kill. You can do all these sorts of things. Um, what often happens is people set limits. Doot, 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 you know, I've got a limit at eight, somebody else has got one at seven, someone's got one at six, and then Joe not paying attention goes out there and submits a market order, and all of a sudden the market order finds a limit order, and the, the trade gets consummated, And all, and you're the person who accidentally set that market order Lost their shares, um, or or bought those, or probably lost those shares at a price much lower than they thought, because they thought they were going to sell at the quoted price, but the limit order was the only demand, which meant that it gapped down. But as soon as it got gapped down, people noticed that, and it would gap right back up because there's an opportunity to for the bid ask spread to naturally adjust to the fact that something just filled at a much lower than expected price. So that's a gap; they get fixed pretty quickly, particularly when they're caused by illiquidity, which was um, what happened there. You know, you never want to be the guy who accidentally tries to sell a big block of stock into an illiquid market <laughs> at a market order,
0: um,
1: because bad things can happen.
0: Bad things can happen. Uh, are you? You're doing a race on Thanksgiving Day? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Five k.
1: Five miles. Five miles. Five miles. Wow. It, you know, it's, it's, the, the, it's the, an appetite the, uh, creator. You got to be able to eat big. So, e-
0: exactly. Um, what's the weather looking like? Because you're going to be here. You're going to be yeah. in this area. Uh, is the weather looking okay? It,
1: not really. Okay. It's looking like 50s, fifties, which is good. But yes. there's like a 40% chance of some showers. Yeah. that's. I was looking at the weather up in Boston, Thanksgiving morning. <sighs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. I look, don't know. It's like
0: it's looking like 30s Ooh. <laughs> and showers.
1: Are you running a race? Where Dude, are you going to? F- 5K, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. You can run faster, get inside. Exactly. Get a bourbon. By the way,
0: good race on Sunday. Hey, thanks. You Th- too. Thanks uh, Thanks to uh, the good
1: people at the Carpenter Show. The
0: Carpenter Show, a great, great event, and uh, to all our colleagues. Uh, we had a big group. We had about 31, 32 people running. Yes. This is great.
1: So I had a goal. My goal for the race was to run at an under seven minute mile pace. And I I, I'm, I log all my results in an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. It does the math to do the pacing and everything. So I put my time in. And I'm looking over at the, the columns, and I saw six. I'm like, yeah, I did it. And then I looked in the second column, and it was 660. And I was like, 660? Isn't that seven? <laughs> That's seven. Well, I started adding decibels to the 60, and it was like 659.566667. I was like, all right. There you go. By a whisker. That's math. That's math. Um, Six sixty though, that was funny
0: uh so this is uh and I, I think I mentioned this last week uh there was a there was a fun run although i don't know if anyone participated in the fun run because it was pretty windy it was windy there were gusts around twenty five miles an hour there was a five k race a ten k race you and i did uh were part of the group of fools who did the ten k um the five k we had Six people from our company finish in the top ten, but they were all beaten in the five k. They were all beaten. And David, Han- our colleague David Hanson, came in first among the men. Yep, he came in second overall to a fourteen-year-old girl who was flying. Who was flying? And uh, I I didn't see her because the our, our race started before the five k, but after the race just talking with with someone all anyone was talking about was this girl who was 14 and looked like she might have been like she could have passed for 11 or something like that she was fast fast uh by the way uh to jeff to in Richmond, or really anyone in richmond station 2 if you like burgers if you like oh, yeah? if you like craft beer station 2 which is one of the uh original firehouses in the city of richmond it's been refurbished
1: we, we keep meaning to go down to richmond for like a Family weekend thing, do some Virginia state history kind of thing because you know neither my wife nor I are from Virginia, uh, but a state with a lot of history. Um, I highly recommend
0: the the state Capitol. They've got a, a bunch of um, exhibits um, and sort of history on display that is is pretty family friendly. Okay. Um, obviously, your kids younger than mine, but um, and, True. and and again, station two, station For, two, and phenomenal milkshakes. Ooh. Milkshakes for your kids and milkshakes for adults. I like those. Put, put a little something in there and make a you got an adult milkshake. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.